really learn to show mercy. And I, I got thinking, you know, every one of us are members of a team. First of all, you're in a family. And, and if you think of it in that light, as a family, that's a team. And we live in a community, and we, that's a team. We need to work together as a team. And in a church body, we need to work together. And, and um, God calls it a body. He calls it a family. And, and throughout it, he manifests the need that, that we really be a team. Now, there's a great, great difference in a team that works together and a team that does not work together. Um, just as far as coaching, I'd much rather have a team that has lesser talent and works together than a team with greater talent and doesn't work together. Ideally, I'd like to have a team with great talent that works together, okay? And that's how God feels. He'd love to have a team that works together and uses the resources that he gives and manifests the mercy. But can you think of, a, of what it would be like if a team really was full of mercy? One of the characteristics that is welcome on any team is individuals that are merciful. And, you know, we often think of, of mercy as, as maybe a New Testament characteristic. But in Exodus chapter 34, when the Lord appeared to Moses, he descended on the cloud and, and the Lord passed before him and declared this, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious. Notice that. The first thing he identified to Moses, I am the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. I thought, wow, you know, we think of mercy as... God sending his son, and indeed it is mercy. But God's character and nature is one of mercy. And we read in, in Micah chapter 6 and verse 8, What does God require of man but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God? To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. You know, if, if we really were committed to showing mercy, it would, it would convey, number one, I'm just going to list several things here, it conveys that someone cares. We mentioned, we mentioned this morning the definition of mercy is to be actively compassionate, actively compassionate and seeking to relieve the suffering. Megan's trip, actively compassionate, seeking to relieve suffering, providing clean water to these eight families 
and the gospel of Jesus Christ, relieving the physical, relieving the spiritual. But it, it's showing that someone cares when we manifest for mercy. Just the fact that someone knows that we may be struggling with something, that is in and of itself, wow, somebody cares. How many times we go through life and it's like, does anybody even care? Am I just here alone, just battling through this alone? Secondly, it shows that help is available. Mercy isn't mercy unless it provides help. It's not mercy, oh, I feel, I feel too bad for you. It, it goes into action. Now, admittedly, there's, there's many times that we can't change anything. But we can, we can minister to them. We can try to encourage them. And mercy is solution-oriented. It, it provides help. Let's, let's try this. Will this be of help? And it brings solutions. We mentioned this morning um, the need to show mercy in our, in our own homes and with our family and just illustrated it with Spilling a glass of milk or water. Um, you know, anytime we're just critical, what are you doing? Why did you do that? It doesn't provide any solutions. You know, now, sometimes there is no solution. But sometimes it, you know, if you wouldn't have reached clear across the table, you wouldn't have knocked over your water or milk. If you ask and they can pass it, we could avoid that. Or sometimes the solution is don't set it so close to the edge. It'll fall off when it's close. But, you know, often, even in the simplest things in life, we don't provide solutions. Mercy. Can, can you understand a group of people, whether it's a family, a church, a community, when we're merciful, we're pro- providing solutions, and that then creates an atmosphere of growth. When there is mercy, it creates an atmosphere of growth. There, there isn't a fear of failure because, you know what, even if I try it and fail, I know my team is merciful and they'll pick me up and dust me off. One of the, one of the things, just in in coaching the girls' soccer, is to get them to push away from the fear of failure and try something. And many of them, for example, are right-footed. To get them to try their left foot, and, and it feels very awkward, and they can't do it, and it piddles off to the side or something. And so some of them say, oh, I failed at that. I'm not going to do it. But if they push through that fear and they understand, you know what, somebody's not going to be in my face screaming at me because I failed, we then attempt great things. And if we're in a, in a community that is full of mercy, 
we won't just hunker down. I'm not going to do anything because I'm afraid I'll fail. No, that's okay. We'll pick each other up. It creates an atmosphere that is conducive to growth. During the years that Nikita Khrushchev was the premier of the Soviet Union, he denounced the policies and atrocities of Joseph Stalin. And once he was speaking in a public forum and he was censoring Stalin and all of a sudden he was interrupted by a shout from a heckler in the audience that said, you were one of Stalin's colleagues. Why didn't you stop him? And immediately Khrushchev said, who said that? And an eerie silence just fell over the whole crowd. And he waited for a few seconds and nobody moved a muscle. And then Khrushchev said, now you know why. We fear. Where, where we think there's no mercy going to be shown. It is not an atmosphere conducive for growth. But where we know there's mercy... It's an atmosphere that, that helps produce, um, is conducive for growth. And fourthly, it produces peace. Our treatment to others does not depend on their attitude toward us. We end up being very legalistic if we, the way they treat me is the way I'll treat them. That's not mercy. Regardless of how they treat us, we are called to be merciful. The four rules of communication that we go over. The last one, act, don't react. Regardless of how um, irresponsible someone asks, we need to act biblically. And that means extend mercy, be forgiving, uh, be kind tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, and that's our model, the way God forgives us. Were we deserving of his forgiveness? Absolutely not. But he was willing to forgive us. And that is a very relaxed way to live. It, it brings peace. It, it, you know, it's not like, they did this to me, so I'm not going to do this, and I'm not going to their thing. They didn't come to my thing. That's a keeping score is a miserable way to live a life. But being forgiving, being merciful produces peace, and it provides security. King Richard went out at twilight one evening for a military observation. And as he walked around, he came across a watchman that was fast asleep on his outpost. The king promptly stabbed him in the heart and left upon his breast a paper with the stern inscription. This is what it said. I found him asleep. And I left him so. Now, do you think the people in that kingdom had a sense of security and peace and an atmosphere of growth 
They were motivated entirely by fear. Now think of this. When another king found his disciples fast asleep, how did he respond to them? He didn't stab them in the heart and leave a note of warning for them. He mercifully dealt with them. He didn't say, I've invested three and a half years of my life in you, Peter, James, and John, and you can't even watch with me one hour. He didn't kick them to the curb. He was very merciful, and every one of them ended up being mightily used of God because of his mercy. You know, that provides security. When, when people know, when I fail, I'm not going to be kicked to the curb. It's, it's called unconditional love. And that's what we as Christians should be known for. Because we have freely received His mercy, unconditional love, we need to freely give it. And in understanding, freely we have received, freely give. We have been forgiven much. We should forgive much. And it is that attitude and it is that um, characteristic that ends up changing lives. Peter, James, and John's lives were changed not because they saw a harsh master that, that you feared any time he came around, and I understand we are to fear God, and you know we've taught that. But there's this balance. We have a merciful Father. And, it, and it's not like we continually walk in fear. Though, the psalmist said, though I fall, he will uphold me with his right hand. Why? Because he's so merciful to us. And he's so patient with us. And even in the Old Testament, I, the Lord God, am God full of mercy and gracious, long-suffering, granting mercy to thousands. Again, think, what would it be like? Think of the lives that could be changed if we really started showing mercy. And again... It starts right in our own homes. The light that shines the farthest shines the brightest at home. And to start showing mercy to those that are closest to us. And again, there's that battle. They don't deserve it. It isn't mercy if they deserve it. It's mercy because they don't deserve it. And it is this very characteristic that reflects the character of Christ and honors God. Nowhere do we imitate God more than in showing mercy. In nothing does God more delight than the exercise of mercy. Now think of it. This week, there will be people that come into your life, and, and as we, we mentioned this morning, there will pe be people that come into your life, and you need to look for the needs. God wants you to be a vessel of mercy. And God's Spirit will prompt you to this person, 
an act of mercy. And you need to do it as to the Lord and not unto men. And he says, he that gives a cup of cold water in my name, that means doing it as to the Lord, not to men. When you do that, he says, I will reward you openly. Honestly, think with me for a minute here. What would our homes be like if we really started having mercy? You know, it's called revival is what it is. What would our churches be like? What would our community be like? If, if everyone that professed to be a follower of Christ professed to have received the mercy of God, as we heard in Mariah's testimony and heard this young couple coming to trust Christ, they, uh, we abundantly receive His forgiveness. There is no way God should forgive us. But He did. And so we're overwhelmed by that. To whom much is forgiven, they love much. Remember the disciples came and rebuked Jesus this woman of Ill, Ill repute came and was washing his feet. And, and Jesus said, wait a minute, why are you rebuking her? She has been forgiven much. Who do you think will love much? Those that are forgiven little or those who are forgiven much? And honestly, every one of us have been forgiven much. Don't think. Well, I've been forgiven a little because, you know, I've never killed anybody. I didn't do this, didn't do that. No, our pride, our arrogance, our rebellion against God is much that he had to forgive. And we need to keep that before our minds continually, that God has forgiven me much. You know, every time we hear a testimony, as we've heard tonight, it ought to take us back to number one, when did I come to know Christ as my Savior? And then number two, reminding us, God, again, that you forgave my sins. You imputed to me, you put on my account your righteousness. As we saw a week ago, that in Christ, God looks at us as though we lived Christ's life. Isn't that amazing? That he looks at us I, I am so far from living Christ's life, but that's how God sees me. And I say, hallelujah. But then God's at work and he's saying, now I've given you all this mercy. Can you show mercy? Will you show mercy? Mercy is not an option for a believer. And he said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. I, I just want to encourage you, just have your mercy antennas on this week, you know. Be looking, how can I show mercy this week? How can I tonight show mercy? And, and as you have that focus to say, God, I can't do this in and of myself. That's the poverty of spirit, the mourning, the 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 meekness, the hungering and thirsting, the beatitudes we've already seen. And now, Lord, I want to be an instrument of your mercy and your grace. So, Lord, 
this week, will you use me? Be prepared. If you have a desire to do that, God will give you an opportunity. And it won't be someone per se that says that your heart just naturally flows with mercy to. That's not a test there. You know what I mean? That's not mercy. It will be, ooh, they really are getting under my skin. And God will say, show them mercy. Don't react in kind. A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. And I, honestly, I, wouldn't it be wonderful if we started living what we believe? That sounds bad, doesn't it? But if we really started being merciful, blessed are the merciful. And and as we've said, no one should show it more than we as Christians. Let's pray together. Lord, you have been so gracious and so merciful to us. How can we ever thank you enough? Lord, we can thank you by being merciful. And I pray that you would help us in our individual lives, to rejoice in the mercy of you. I pray that we would be reminded over and over again of your mercy to us. And then, Lord, I pray that we would be instruments of your mercy. Lord, I pray for every marriage here that it would be filled with mercy. Lord, I pray for every family here that we would grow in being merciful one to another and, and that it would make a difference, that it would change lives. And Lord, I pray that we would bring mercy in our places of employment, in our community. I pray that we would be a church body that delights in the mercy of you and delights in being merciful. And Lord, we know that you will bless that. So Lord, we rejoice tonight that you are a God full of mercy, gracious and long-suffering, and that you've told us what you desire us to do, to walk justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before you. Lord, may we grow in your mercy, and may you be exalted through it. We pray in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen. I'm going to ask